Welcome back to the 20th and Blake podcast from Mile High Sports. As always, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Cade Walker, and uh, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, You know, a lot of interesting events happened this week for the Rockies, and uh, I definitely want to get to them all. So uh, I'll jump right into some roster moves that the Colorado Rockies made this week. Um, so Matt Adams was brought up, and Ashton Godot was uh, designated for assignment, um, and a couple other moves. Sam Hilliard was sent to an alternate site, and he'll uh, jump in, play AAA when the AAA season starts um, next Thursday. Uh, in a corresponding move as well, Justin Lawrence was brought up uh, as Yancy Almonte was put on the injured list. So, there's a couple implications for this year. First of all, uh, yeah, Hilliard wasn't having a good year, posting a um, tied-for-team low WRC-plus of 7. For reference, John Gray's WRC-plus on the season is 11. Um, That's that's not good when you have a, a pitcher hitting better than one of your outfielders. One of your outfielders that's supposed to be in regular rotation. So... Yeah, uh, he, he definitely needed to, to go down. So um, we'll see what Matt Adams can do. He's just kind of an aging veteran off the bench, 32-year-old. We'll see what he can add. I'm not really expecting much out of him. Can play first, can play outfield. I'm not really expecting much out of him <clears throat> other than just, you know, some veteran presence, some, I, I guess, some decent pop off the bench. He does have some power. Didn't have a very good year last year. Uh, and you know we'll see we'll see what he brings to the table. Uh, Justin Lawrence though was brought up and he made an appearance yesterday and he was posted all over the place on Pitchers Nation, Rob Friedman, um, on Twitter, and uh, yeah, the Pitching Ninja. And man, he's he's got some stuff. Uh, Justin Lawrence is interesting. I'll talk about him later, but he looked good. Uh, flashed a 101 mile hour two seam from the sidearm angle. Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely an exciting and enticing piece to have in the bullpen. Uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll talk more about him in a little bit. But um, so those so those are the the moves that were made this week. And I think you know when you look at the Rockies roster, um, just going up and down and over these <laughs> these numbers, uh, not a lot of these are very encouraging. I'm going to talk about Ryan McMahon uh, later as well. I'll make an all-star case for Ryan McMahon. I think he's he's definitely putting on a show. Um, but, I mean, you have to put Garrett Hampson in the lineup every day. And, and yeah, he's played 23 uh, games this season. That's great. He's among the team leaders and played appearances good. He deserves it. He's been uh, having a great season. Um, almost 100 WRC+, plus, so almost to league average, but... Uh, with his base running and defense, he he definitely has value. So, uh, love seeing Gary Hampson do well. Uh, Dom Nunez has been, he's actually been pretty decent, posting a .4 uh, wins above replacement so far. Positive WRC+, plus, uh, 107, which means about 7% better than league average. And he, you know, it's really tough to evaluate defense. There's a bunch of different statistics for it. Um and from the eye test, he actually he hasn't been too bad. Um, just watching him play defense, he's he's not necessarily like a 
a, a savant on defense, but he's good. He's he's at least average, and he's um, he's actually holding his own back there, which was more than what I expected from him. Uh, C.J. Crone as well has been doing great. I I'm gonna take a victory lap on him because I've been telling um, the, I, I haven't been telling the Rockets, but I've been saying that signing C.J. Crone is a great idea, and I've been saying that for years, like two years, the last two seasons um, that he has been a free agent. I thought that C.J. Crone would be a great addition, and so far, he has been. Not a good defender by any means, but positive war, 120 WRC+, plus, about 20% better than league average, um, and, you know, he's actually been robbed of a couple home runs, uh, not defensively, but um, by... Baseball savants, uh, the stat cast metrics of expected home runs. CJ Crone should have, I think, about two or three more than he currently has. So that's definitely a factor. Um, so, yeah, maybe there's there's a little bit more room uh, for improvement from him. But he's he's done fine. Um, he's done a good job, and uh, that's, that's encouraging. Trevor Story's finally rounding into shape. I think he's going to be just fine. There's no, no reason to think that he'll continue his 87 wrc plus that he has on the year his expected numbers are fantastic he's going to round into shape and that and watching him pick it up the past few games uh that's good news for the rockies when they inevitably trade him at the deadline they which i believe they need to do so yeah those are the the team leaders uh, down near the bottom uh, i mentioned sam hilliard with a 7 WRC+. plus, Tied with him is Josh Fuentes with a, a 7 WRC+, plus, which means he's about 93% worse than league average. Fuentes, amazing defender, fantastic defensive player, can, be, can play above average of both first and third. That guy can't hit. I, I'm a big Fuentes fan. I, I like the guy as a player. I like the guy as a, as a person. He can't hit. And he needs to go... I guess down to AAA to to figure it out, but I mean he's already 28. I'm not sure how much else he can develop at this point, so we'll see. We'll see what he has. Uh, Raimel Tapia has also been okay. Uh, his WRC plus is at 89, so a little bit below league average, but uh, he I think he's a little bit underrated as a defender because he's forced to cover so much ground, and he's a good base runner. So I mean he's he's decent as a mainstay in the rotation. Uh, shout out also to uh, Jonathan Daza. Jonathan Daza's been a little bit of a surprise. He's uh, not not been the greatest at the plate, but he's almost posting a league average OPS, which uh, is a significantly below league average WRC plus at seventy four. But he's a good defender, can cover a lot of ground. Um, I think I think we can see him bounce a little bit. I think he'll be fine. Um, so yeah, that's that's just going over the numbers for the roster and. Uh, before I jump into the second segment, I do want to talk about our sponsor for today's episode. That is, of course, DraftKings Sportsbook. Horse racing fans, it is almost post time in Kentucky. The horses and jockeys are making their way to one of the most iconic horse racing tracks in the world for this weekend's premier race. Celebrate race day with big hats and even bigger stacks of cash by joining DraftKings free-to-play pool for your shot at $100,000 in prices. Grab your hats, mint juleps, and head to the App Store now. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to play. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. Now, 
All you have to do is enter the pool and, and answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen this Saturday in Kentucky and track your results throughout race day. Questions will range from who will be crowned winner, what the winning time will be, and much, much more. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS to enter the free horse racing pool with $100,000 in prizes up for grabs. That's promo code MHS to get a free shot at $100,000 in prizes. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, so the first thing I want to do in this second segment is to discuss Ryan McMahon and the year he's having. And, I mean, he's not even, not even like, remotely debatable. Um, he's having the best season on the Colorado Rockies right now. And he he's doing so uh, in a year where I think I honestly kind of expected this. Um, I actually expected it last season, but it didn't really come, and I think he made the adjustments that he needed to. And one of the biggest things that we're seeing year to year uh, with Ryan McMahon is, uh, let me just read the past few years of, of data for our uh, for Ryan McMahon, just launch angle data. 2018, 7.5 average launch angle. 2019, 8.8 average launch angle. 2020, 9.2 average launch angle degree. And 2021, 18.3. So he basically doubled his launch angle degree uh, average from last last season to this season. And that means he's hitting more balls in the air, uh, which directly correlates between his expected weighted on base average last year of 297 to his expected weighted on base average this year of 362. Also, he's hitting, I mean, more home runs. He's currently tied uh, for league leader in home runs. And, I mean, he, he definitely changed his approach in some other way because his strikeout percentage while last season it was in the bottom 5% of the league at 34%, um, this year it's down to 22%, which is excellent. And uh, his strikeout percentage is about league average, 54th percentile. So that's that's much better than where he was at. And he's 83rd percentile in max exit velocity, 85th percentile in average exit velocity. So, I mean, he's doing really well. And, you know, his home runs are, are distributed pretty evenly across the pitches that he's facing. You know, previously, he hit, like last season, he hit seven home runs on fastballs, one each on breaking and off-speed, uh, per how they track it on Baseball Savant. His expected batting average last season on breaking balls was 0.099, so not even 100 on, on breaking balls. This season, he bumped it up to 236, which isn't great by any means, but it's much, much better and a, a bigger improvement. So, um, I mean, back to his home run numbers, he, he's hit three on fastballs, three on breaking balls, and two on off-speed pitches. So off-speed's more like uh, change-up splitter, breaking's more like curveball slider. So, I mean, he's he's definitely uh, adjusting to other pitches better, as well as putting the ball in the air more. His whiff percentage on breaking balls last year was a ridiculous 50%, and this year it's down to 40%. Oh, that's definitely a significant number. So that's um, that's definitely good good to see from him. So, I mean, he hits the ball really hard, and he's um, he's definitely changed his approach. I, actually, you know, moving to the expected weighted on base average numbers for breaking balls. Last season it was 173 for breaking balls. This year it's 347. So, I mean, he was it was bad last year. Now it's that's actually a very good number for him. So. Uh, just looking directly at the ground ball, fly ball, line drive percentage, 
His ground ball percentage from last year to this year dropped uh, 14%, and his fly ball percentage increased 10%. Line drive percentage increased 2%, which is marginal, but he's hitting more balls in the air, and uh, I think his expected uh, results on fly balls are just just so much more than his uh, expected results on ground balls. So just over overall, he... Not only did he overhaul his batted ball percentage, but he overhauled his his approach. He's uh, swinging at better pitches, putting better swings on breaking balls, and holistically, that's resulted in a huge leap from Ryan McMahon. And it's consistent. He's done it all year. It's not like he's gotten super hot. He's been super hot all year. He's put up by far the most wins above replacement on the team at .8, and uh, WRC plus of 124, which is fantastic for him. Not only to mention the tracking data on baseball savant puts his outs above average at 90, in the 96th percentile, which is amazing. It's fantastic. And um, defensively, he has been incredible. He's, uh, I think, four defensive runs saved at first base and three at third base, which three is just shy of Nolan Arenado right now. Arenado's at four, uh, McMahon's at three, and McMahon's played half the innings at third. So McMahon has been fantastic. Uh, I do not want to say that he's he's a replacement in any any means, by any stretch of the imagination, but McMahon has been a surprise, and I think he is deserving of... Um, you know, of an all-star bid. And, I mean, I actually do want to correct that. His four uh, defensive runs saved is at second base, not at first base. So, I mean, he's been fantastic at second base. And I think second base, he's played the most innings there, so that's where he would qualify for as an all-star bid. And looking at the field, the National League, man, he might be the best second baseman in the National League. It's it's him or Jazz Chisholm right now, and that's um, that's really the competition. I mean, you look at... Uh, the competition besides Jazz Chisholm and you have like Eduardo Escobar who's been he's been pretty good he's he's been uh, he has the same WRC plus as McMahon and again I've talked about WRC plus I think that's a little bit a little bit slanted against Rockies just because of Coors Field and not accounting for other factors Escobar has been great Uh, McMahon has um, he has eight home runs Escobar has seven so I mean Escobar's actually had a fairly a fairly impressive season so far and and they're almost neck and neck McMahon leads him and wins above replacement I think he he beats him by a fairly significant amount in um in weighted on base average because uh that's not a park adjusted statistic so and obviously I mean McMahon's been amazing uh, as a defender both at second and third and he has more defensive run saved as Escobar at second in half innings so I think McMahon has a fairly strong case over Escobar there uh, Chisholm's a different story. Chisholm, he has about 20 less plate appearances, so McMahon doubles him in home runs. Uh, but Chisholm beats him in, in weighted on base average, WRC+, plus, uh, and is not too far behind him in the defensive metrics as well because Chisholm's a great prospect. I've, I've longed, uh, long been a fan of Chisholm. So I think Chisholm probably should start this year just based off the numbers. He's probably going to win Rookie of the Year, honestly. But... Um, yeah, I mean, regardless, if McMahon's the second-best second baseman in the, in the National League and he's playing well at second and third base and can also play first base, uh, I think he probably should get a bid uh, to the All-Star game regardless. And I think I think uh, since the Rockies are going to need a representative, he's the most likely candidate at this time. And yes, over Trevor Story, just because Trevor Story got off to a pretty slow start. And, I mean, who knows? Maybe McMahon is the the home run derby representative from the Rockies. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, because I believe, I believe 
that the Rockies have to have at least one representative in the Home Run Derby since they're hosting it. So, um, yeah, I, I my pick would probably be Story just because he's he effortlessly hits home runs. But if we're talking about raw power, McMahon hits the piss out of the ball, and he hits he has one of the better uh, power numbers in the league just in terms of like raw power. I, again, I said 85th percentile and average exit velocity. So. He's, he's good. And I think also lefties have a little bit of an advantage at Coors Field when trying to hit home runs. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I got for him. I think he's making a strong all-star bid. And shout-out to Drew Creaseman. He called it last year that he was going to make an all-star game, and I thought that was a bit bold last year. Um, I I personally thought it would take another year, which I, I was right, but I, I probably should have written that down. But, yeah, I mean, he was he was as high on him as anybody, and that was cool to see as well. Um so past McMahon, I just want to talk about a couple things. First of all, um, I mentioned I was going to talk about Justin Lawrence. Uh, so I do want to talk about him because uh, he he's an interesting prospect. He kind of sort of came out of nowhere. Not not really. I mean, he was uh, he's been in the system for a while, and Rockies uh, the Rockies were excited about him as early as two seasons ago. Uh, but he was caught, I think, two off seasons ago, uh, taking performance enhan- uh, enhancing substances. And he was suspended 80 games. And even though the season was only 60 games last year, the, they confirmed that they just counted it as uh, serving the sentence in full. So he served his his uh, suspension last year. And uh, the details of the whole that whole situation is kind of up in the air. Uh, Lawrence claims it was because of contamination. Uh, he didn't actually voluntarily take performance enhancing substances. And that you know they always say that that's just kind of saving face kind of thing. But I mean. Uh, I don't, I mean, I, I understand why <laughs> he's, he's up there in the, the 98 to hundred range. He even flashed 101 mile an hour, uh, two seam from a sidearm angle, which moved about a foot and a half at 101. I mean, baseballs aren't supposed to move like that, especially that arm angle. Usually you see guys drop down to that arm angle. You see their velocity plummet. Like I got a guy in my, my on my baseball team out here, he throws sub and he's about, uh, 83 84 from the sub angle but he, as soon as he pops up from overhand he throws a little bit harder but uh, you get that extra movement you get that depth from that that sub angle and i think that that that's why people do it it makes them a little bit more effective than just throwing straight raw velocity so um to see 101 from the sidearm angle is kind of obscene because you get the ball moving in two directions. You don't know which which going to move. The 101 moved about a foot and a half towards a righty. So you throw that you throw that in on a righty's knee. He's not going to hit that. Um, and then he has that that slider that that's very powerful as well from that angle. So um, he's exciting, and I think he's definitely going to be a big boost to the bullpen. Uh, his his stuff is great. Uh, he hasn't really seen before this season. I mean, a lot of success success at uh, either double A AA or triple A. Um, which is weird because, you know, you see this guy with fantastic stuff. Uh, he has all the raw tools, and he just kind of gets beat up. So I think uh, traditionally control has been his issue. And he looked fine uh, yesterday. He looked fine. Uh, but, you know, it's a one-game sample size, so we'll see how he, how he does moving forward. So uh, that's what I got on him. So he's going to be, I think, a decent boost to the bullpen if he can keep his control. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I got on him. Uh, last piece of, of information that I wanted to discuss is that the Rockies still haven't hired an interim general manager, which typically when you fire a guy or he you know, leaves, um, you want to replace him as soon as possible, at least with an interim GM. 
They replaced him in a sense where uh, they have Greg Fiesel as the team president, but Fiesel's not a baseball guy. So currently, all of the decision-making in baseball operations is on Dick Monfort, uh, which, not ideal. Uh, Not ideal for your owner to be making all those decisions, and especially one like Dick Monfort, who has shown that he's, uh, first of all, overly loyal, uh, which loyalty is not a bad thing, but... To a degree, there's there's definitely too much of anything at the head. Um, he's overly loyal, and he he's not a baseball guy in the in the traditional sense where you have the guy who has been uh, working in the scouting department or analytics department and and actually you know knows the game beyond sort of surface level things. Um, I, you, you sort of caught a glimpse of that last season when Dick Montfort said, "Yeah, I had an analytics team um, interpolate the data." And we're going to win 92 games next year. Obviously, that didn't happen. Not even close. Um, whatever interpolation he was talking about didn't work. So, uh, yeah, hopefully the Rockies can name an interim GM as soon as possible and um, move forward with a permanent GM, which I've seen some names float around. Dana Brown, I suggested him last time. I think I like that a lot. Uh, he might be he might be my first choice because uh, the other candidates I talked about um, – Dan Evans, again, would be fantastic, would love him, um, but he hasn't been in the game, so it would be kind of a, a PR mess, maybe, potentially, just kind of hiring this guy who hasn't been in there for a while, but um, I think he'd do a fine job, so I wouldn't really care about that if I was in the organization. And then finally, there uh, was Pete Patilla, who, I mean, I haven't really seen him being floated as a rumor for this job, but I think he would do fine. Um I do understand why they would want to avoid the whole, oh, hire from the Astros organization type deal. So I would understand that. Dana Brown just uh, is probably the safe pick if uh, if you're looking at it from that, that point of view. So um, I hope they figure out who they could hire as a long-term general manager. Um, I mean, I don't know. Theo Epstein still? Is he still, is he still on the market? We'll see. So... Yeah, that's, that's what I got moving forward. But yeah, thank you for tuning into this episode of 20th and Blake. As always, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, at me on Twitter at KC Walker. If you want me to talk about something specific, send me a question. Um, just tweet at me, something like that. But yeah, thanks again for tuning into 20th and Blake, and I'll talk to you next time.